Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Tim Page Bonnerf. And while winter hasn't really arrived here in Phoenix, Arizona yet, the signs are in the air. There is one tree down the street. It's showing off its colors. <laughs> and busy shoppers are attempting to find the perfect gift for the holidays. And, of course, the days are shorter. I mean, I'm going to bed now at 4.30 because it's, like, starting to get dark. <laughs> I don't know about you, but those short days, they kind of... Wish for summer days. So all of this makes it a perfect time to chat about winter safety. Now, you're probably wondering what kind of winter safety tips can come from a guy out of Phoenix. But trust me when I tell you, I've had my fair share of winter hiccups. I've had more delays and cancellations at airports that I can count on two hands and two feet. I also travel to those locations that have severe winter challenges, like, say, Winter Pay Canada Maybe like in mid-January where it's minus 40 degrees below zero. You know where they tell you that it doesn't matter if it's Celsius or Fahrenheit anymore? That's, yeah. But I also grew up in Illinois, so I do know what winter's like. And traveling in that snow and traveling in those conditions, I fully, I'm well aware of what it's capable of. Now, I also know the different states of mind that people can be in. Since I found myself in those same situations, shopping, traveling, regardless if there's snow on the ground, but just if you're in that typical state of mind at the shopping season, I know what it can do because I've been there. And then you add snow and ice and all the other people that are around you. Yeah, I think you can understand when you put this stuff together, you think about those four states They are great precursors for eyes and mind not on task, which typically sets up balance, traction, and grip, and potential line of fire issues. Now, I pulled together several resources when it comes to this podcast, and I want to give them full credit for their advice. Your workplace safety and health plan, it should have steps to protect workers from cold-related hazards. And... Particularly, it's important for workers in the services, transportation, construction, agriculture, even those folks that work for, you know, those great companies out there that deliver those incredible products that you order on. Player take note, employers should train their supervisors and workers to prevent, recognize, and treat cold-related illnesses and injuries. That training should be presented in a language that everybody understands. Reduce the amount of time workers spent in a cold environment. If you could, rotate those workers in and out, especially if it's a long, demanding job. Provide access to warm areas and encourage workers to take breaks in those areas. Also, set up a place for workers to change out if they're in wet clothing. Initiate a buddy system for workers to help monitor them in cold situations. Keep a first aid kit stocked and make sure to include a medical and environmental thermometer as well as chemical heat packs. Provide appropriate cold weather gears like hats, beanies, toques for our friends in Canada, gloves and boots for work in those cold environments. And don't forget wind protective clothing based on their air velocities. And give prompt medical attention to workers who show signs of cold-related illnesses or injuries. NIOSH recommendations for workers. Workers can get help by 
taking regular breaks to warm themselves up, monitoring their own physical condition, staying hydrated, snacking on high-carbohydrate foods. (laughs) I wish we could do that in the summertime. I know, I know, I know. Our brain's production of serotonin is lowest in the winter months, so eating carbohydrate-rich foods, that'll actually help increase the brain's production of serotonin and make you feel better, at least temporarily. And then avoid touching cold metal or wet surfaces with your bare skin. Using another resource, according to the National Safety Council, quote-unquote, while we do only one quarter of our driving at night, 50% of our traffic deaths happen at night. You may not know the name for it, but if you drive at night, you probably have experienced situational night blindness. It can occur when you're temporarily blinded by bright lights, such as an oncoming car's headlights. According to the Texas Department of Insurance, when you're momentarily blinded by a bright light, your pupils contract, and of course they adjust to the sudden light intensification. And then after that, when the light passes, your pupils readjust to the subsequent lower light level by dilating. So what's the issue? Well, during that little brief time, your eyes are making these adjustments, your vision is impaired. So to help navigate nighttime driving, especially in those specific situations, the Texas Department of Insurance, they will offer these tips. Focus your eyes on the right edge of the road to avoid being blinded. Drive within the visual range illuminated by your headlights, not by what you think you see beyond them. But at night, headlights limit our view to only 250 to 350 feet of the road just ahead of you. Adjust that rearview mirror to the nighttime setting to dim any headlight glare coming in from behind. Keep your windshield and headlights clean at all times. Use your high beams when you can. Now, based on these recommendations from the Texas Department of Insurance, it is in Texas where I've actually had my overhead windshield just kind of freeze over. Um, Driving through on Interstate 40, going through Amarillo, Texas, it was just a constant headache. I just couldn't keep the windshield clear. And then, of course, you would spray out your windshield wiper, and then it it felt like it froze on contact. So you could do the best you can by keeping that defroster on. And I know that the defroster being on the windshield will help keep the ice at least temporarily at bay. But based on that recommendation, do the best that you can. Now, AAA, they have their own offerings. And in terms of driving, they've got these tips. Avoid using cruise control when you're driving in wintry conditions, of course, snow and ice. Steer in the direction of a skid so when your wheels regain that traction, you don't have to overcorrect to stay in your lane. When you're accelerating and decelerating, do that slowly. Increase your following distance to 8 to 10 seconds. Now, typically, you're counting 3 seconds behind the car in front of you. But in this case, give yourself plenty, plenty more time. If possible, don't stop when you're going uphill. And one of the best recommendations that I usually, just what I remember from uh, learning to drive from AAA, is to pack that emergency kit, especially on a trip that includes snow and ice. The kit should include water, snacks, first aid, blankets, flashlights, extra batteries, portable cell phone charger, and an emergency flares in that emergency kit. That's something you should prepare for if you know you're going to be impacted. (laughs) You see what I did there? 
by snow or ice. Now, if visibility is severely limited due to a whiteout, pull off the road to a safe place. Do not drive until conditions improve. And avoid, if you could, pulling off onto, onto the shoulder unless it's an absolute emergency. Limited visibility means other vehicles can't see yours and they probably can't see you on the shoulder. You remember that old term back in unit number two? If you can't see, don't go. This is one of those situations. How do you prepare your car according to the AAA? <clears throat> if you think about it, if your car is ready for tra uh, winter travel, yeah, it's not too late to winterize the car. So check out these car tips to prepare you for winter driving. Check your tires. If you can, replace them with all weather or snow tires if necessary. I know here in Arizona, if you're going up into the mountains, sometimes if there's snow on the ground, they make you pull over and pull out your chains. No, not chains that you're going to wrap around anybody or anything, but chains that you're going to actually put on your tires, right? And if you're going to go on a trip, put the gas tank to full. You don't want gas, line, gas tanks to fill up with ice, and it's been known to happen, especially your fuel lines. You don't want them to freeze over. And remember I told you about your windshield washer fluid? Be specific. Make sure that it's capable for wintertime fluid or wintertime use. And let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about preventing falls this winter and get away from driving for a little bit. Now, when the rain and snow, they start to fall, so do people. In fact, falls are the leading cause of non-fatal injuries in adults 45 and older. So protect yourself from a life-changing injury this winter with these safety tips. Choose the right shoes. Shoes and boots need to fit properly and have good soles and good traction. Snow boots or hiking boots will actually help prevent any potential falls and provide the best protection for that worst type of weather. Leave early. When you're in a rush, you know what happens. You've heard the old cliche, haste makes waste, and falls are more likely to happen when you're in a rush. Allow yourself plenty of time to get to where you're going. You know, the old Marine Corps term is if you're late, you know you're late, and you're going to be late if it's 15 minutes early. So don't be late. Walk like a penguin. Take short steps and walk as flat-footed as possible or even on icy or slippery ground. I think the Bengals got it incorrect. It's not walk like an Egyptian. It's walk like a penguin. Keep your hands free. You'll need them to help you balance. So avoid carrying heavy loads and keep those hands out of your pockets. In high school, I knew a kid who broke his nose on a cold day. Basically, he slipped on some ice, couldn't get his hands out of his pockets in time to brace his fall, resulting in a face plant. I know if you're not wearing gloves, it's typical that you want to put them in a pocket to keep them warm. So wear some gloves. Now, remove that snow and ice from walkways as frequently as possible. Don't wait for it to melt. That actually could take a long while. Now, apply ice melt. Ask for help. Do the things that you need to do. Get that snow and ice off those walkways. Keep the lights on. If you have exterior lights on your home, use them. It'll help you see where you're going, especially with wintry conditions. And advocate for your safety. If the entrances or sidewalks do not look safe outside of a business or a local venue, speak up. Let someone know about it. Also, prepare your home. Winterizing your home actually will help protect your family 
and any potential damage that the cold might do. Uh, I got quick story. I remember that uh, living in Illinois, um, we lived in a trailer. My dad moved around. Uh, our family moved around, and we would pack up the home, and um, we would move it around summer to summer. And I remember in the wintertime, those lines underneath the trailer would freeze, and I'd have to get underneath there and take my dad's warm wraps that he would buy from maybe a local hardware store and wrap those pipes with heated blankets or heated something and get those lines unfrozen. So what should you do? Check your heating systems, clean out those chimneys and fireplaces, closely monitor any burning fires or candles. Check your carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Remove ice and snow from those walkways as we talked about before. And keep an emergency kit. If you've got an emergency kit for your car, you should have an emergency kit for your home. That includes flashlights, batteries, first aid kits, medicine, if you got a baby, anything to protect that baby as well. And if you lose power, the kit should include food and water for at least three days. And don't forget to count the number of family members. Keep warm clothing there if you've got to evacuate. And don't forget about your kids. If you've got kids, toys, games, something to keep them occupied. How to prepare for outdoor activities if you were uh, working outside or doing things, anything outside. Now, try to do your best to remain indoors during winter. That's appealing, too. But you and your family may have to venture outside the door. And when you do, take these steps. Wear layers. And layers of clothing will help you. Light and warm, both. A wind-resistant coat, that helps. And waterproof shoes. Does anybody remember putting on the loaves of bread paper or the packaging over your feet before you put them into your boots i did that as a kid when it was cold outside take a friend carry a fully charged cell phone at most at any time possible if you think you got to charge it it's time to charge it all right work slowly and when engaged in outdoor tasks like shoveling your driveway or removing your snow work slowly don't do it too fast so avoid snow shoveling and snow blowing injuries. And I've heard a lot of stories of people when they're working outside that they've hurt their back. You know, we just talked about work slowly. So that's one of those things. But shoveling snow or using a snowblower, they're among winter's most grueling activities and high levels of that activity in cold temperatures, which is a double whammy, put many people at risk. Risk of a heart attack, risk of back injuries especially for those that don't have those active lifestyles. Now, while most people won't have a problem, shoveling snow can put some people at risk of a heart attack. That sudden exertion, like moving hundreds of pounds of snow after being sedentary for a lot of months, that could put a big strain on the heart. Pushing a heavy snowblower, that also can cause injuries. And don't forget, there's the cold factor. Cold weather can increase heart rate and blood pressure. It can make blood clot more easily and constrict arteries. That decreases the blood supply. This is true even in healthy people. Those individuals over the age of 40 or who are relatively inactive should be particularly careful as well. Now, the National Safety Council has further recommendations to shovel safely. Don't shovel after eating. You, know, you remember... Don't swim after eating. You can get cramped up. Take it slow. Stretch out. 
Shovel only fresh powdery snow. It's lighter. And if you can, push that snow instead of lifting it. If you have to lift it, use a small shovel or only partially fill the shovel. Lift with your legs, not with your back. Do not work to the point of exhaustion. I know it's tempting. You want to push through and get her done. Try to avoid that. And then know the signs of a heart attack and stop immediately. Call 911 if you're experiencing any of them. Every minute counts. Don't pick up that shovel without a doctor's permission. If you've got a history of heart disease, a clear driveway is not worth your life. Last recommendation I want to give you is just a discussion about carbon monoxide poisoning. Please install a carbon monoxide detector, especially if you've got fireplaces. Every year, over 400 people die and 50,000 are treated for carbon monoxide poisoning. Some of the most common symptoms, just for you to be aware of, for carbon monoxide poisoning are often described as flu-like, like headache, dizziness, weakness, upset stomach, vomiting, chest pain, euphoria, and confusion. So that's it for the recommendations. If I could say it one more time, just make sure throughout the winter months, if you're putting your cell phone down, put it on a charger. Keep that cell phone charged. Keep it with you if you can. If you got it, charge it. For any other tips, any other winter type tips, you can go to our website, safestart.com, and type in that search engine in the top right-hand corner, Winter Safety. There are several blogs, papers, and articles with additional tips. So that's it for today. Please do me a favor, share this with others. After all, tis the season to share. I've also included in the show notes a link to some resources that you you can print at work. If you got kids just as I do, well, I tell you what, they can make your heart smile. Within that link, there is a winter safety coloring book. Those resources are free of charge. From all of us here at Safe Talk with Safe Start, please, please, please have a safe holiday season. Embrace that family. I'm Tim Page Botter for Safe Talk with Safe Start. And on behalf of our entire family, to yours, happy holidays. We'll see you down the road.